this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Have all the lights, please. John chapter number 21 this morning. John chapter number 21. John chapter number 21 for our text this morning began reading with verse number 15. John chapter number 21. Again, reading with verse number 15. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Let's look back at verse number 15 for our text this morning. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? More than these. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. Father, we just pray, Lord, today that... That your anointing today, Lord, will, Lord, will empower us and enable us, Lord, to deliver the word of God that you have placed upon our heart today. And Father, help us, oh God, to be able to leave here this morning saying in the affirmative, yes, Lord, I love you more than these. Help us today, we ask, prepare our heart in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. I want us to take a look at the setting of this passage. Not long before this, Peter had denied the Lord three times. Now, Peter had failed miserably in the disciple business, and so he decided to go back to what he knew best, fishing. And he said, I'm going fishing. You see, Peter was a fisherman by trade. He had the skills and the knowledge to perform the task. And no doubt he was good at what he, was, what he did and, and he could do it well. He was a rookie as a disciple, but he was a veteran fisherman. Things hadn't been going very well lately in the disciple business. And so uh, Peter said, I'm going to try my hand at fishing. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to fishing. Surely I won't mess up there. How many pastors, how many preachers have done this before? God called them out of a successful business into the pastoral or preaching ministry. and uh, Things went well for a while. And then when the problems came, and they always come. And when the problems come, they, they thought, I don't have to take this. I don't have to put up with this. I'll go back to what I was doing before the Lord called me into the ministry. Things were a, a whole lot easier back then. I, I think I'll just go back to it. But guess what? Peter didn't do too well at fishing either. 
The Bible said that he fished all night long. And after fishing all night long, he didn't even have as much as a single perch on the stringer. You see, men of God don't fare, usually fare very well when they get out of the will of God for their life. Now let me pause for just a moment and say that not every pastor who isn't pastoring at the moment is out of God's will. Sometimes pastors need a break. Sometimes pastors need a sabbatical. They need time away from the ministry for a while to to, uh, regroup and to refresh themselves. I think it would even be good and I think there would be more long-term pastors if somewhere in the middle of their tenure pastors would have a time away, a break, a sabbatical, a time of away from the ministry and away from the pressure of the church that they might refresh themselves and be renewed Amen. So they can get back in the harness and go again for many more years. Not so with Peter in this instance. He's not necessarily in need of rest and refreshing and relaxation, but he's actually in need of rebuke. And Jesus shows up and and he asks the question that, that, that you just don't want to ask a tired and frustrated fisherman. And the question is... Have you caught anything? How many know that when you've toiled all night, when you've fished all night, and you don't even have as much as one little bit of fish, you don't want somebody coming around and asking you if you've caught anything? I don't understand. Why is it when I have a house full, like last Sunday morning, we had 381 people here last Sunday. It wasn't Easter. It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't some special big service. Amen. There was 381 people that showed up here in this house last Sunday morning. But how come when I have a house full like that, nobody ever asked me, how many did you have in church yesterday? Not a one of my preacher buddies, not a one of my preacher friends called me and said, Hey, how was your service yesterday? What was your crowd like yesterday? But the day after Labor Day, when we're in the toilet, I mean, when we've got the lowest crowd of the year, inevitably everybody will say, well, How'd you do yesterday? How many know that when you fish all night long and you don't even have as much as one little bitty fish to show for you, you're frustrated and you're tired and you're weary. The last thing you want to hear is, have you caught anything? And when they they respond in the negative, Jesus does what you really shouldn't do to a tired and frustrated fisherman. He offers them advice. And the advice that Jesus gave, you know they had already tried it. I mean, Jesus says, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Well, they had been fishing all night long. I'm sure they had not stayed in the same spot. I'm sure they had not fished all night long in the very same spot. Amen, without catching ill. I'm just, I'm, I know there's got to be something here, so I'm going to stay here to life. I, no, I guarantee you there were a lot of places on that lake that day, try, that night, trying to find and trying to catch fish. I'm convinced that Peter and his crew had cast their net on the right side of the boat 50% of the night. Peter was probably thinking, Lord, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. Lord, he might have been thinking, Lord, I won't tell you how to build a house and you don't tell me how to catch fish. Surely that was going through the mind of Peter. But for once, for one time only, Peter kept his mouth shut. And 
They simply obeyed and they cast their net on the right side of the boat. And immediately the Bible says that their net was filled with fish. How many understand, friend, it pays to obey God. It pays to obey. Even when it don't make sense, even when you've tried it before and it didn't work, it pays to obey the Lord. I've said this many times, it bears repeating. A God idea works. A good idea works you. Jesus had built a fire and and they cooked some of the fish that they had caught. And they're there uh, uh, preparing the fish and they're there together. And this gets us up to our text. And I want us to notice three things in our story today. The first thing I want us to notice this morning in this story is the inquiry. And that's found in verse 15. Jesus asked Peter a question. And he asked Peter, he said, do you love me more than these? What was Jesus talking about? These what? Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Surely Jesus must have been pointing at something or someone when he said, do you love me more than these? What could Jesus have possibly been pointing to? Now, there's much speculation. The Bible doesn't say so. We don't know for sure. But but as I began to think and as I began to contemplate on this story, I I can see three possibilities here. When Jesus said, do you love me more than these? I, I can see three possibilities here that the Lord could have been pointing to and saying, hey, do you love me more than more than these? The first possibility I see here, Jesus, I believe, could have pointed at the net full of fish. And pointed at the net full of fish and said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these fish? Oh, come on, pastor. You've got to be kidding. Surely Jesus wouldn't ask Peter if he loved him more than a bunch of stinky fish. But remember, fish was Peter's first love. Peter was a fisherman by trade. No doubt he had... Owned a fishing business. This was his comfort zone. Oh, this was what he was familiar with. This is what he knew best. This is what made him who he was. And this was the very thing that Jesus had called him out of. Do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than your business, more than your trade, more than your occupation? You see, many a man and woman of God have told God no when He called them to leave their, their present occupation or their comfort zone and go into full-time ministry. And I believe Jesus wants to ask us here today, do, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your career? Do you love me more than your business? Do you love me more than your security blanket? Do you love me more than your bread and butter? Remember on an earlier occasion when Peter boasted, Lord, we've left all and followed you. Where's my plaque, Lord? Give me my plaque. I'm assembly of God. I've got to have a plaque. <laughs> Lord, he boasted, we've left all. We've left everything behind and followed you. But now, now Peter is back in the fishing boat. And the Lord says, do you love me more than these? Notice another possibility. Jesus could have... Pointed to the disciples. 
and said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these disciples? More than James and John? More than your companions? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your companions? More than your compadres? More than your best friend? Because Jesus had said in Matthew 10 and 37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The Bible says God will have no other gods before Him. We cannot love anyone or anything more than we love Him. How about you this morning? Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more than your him more than your husband? Love him more than your wife? More than your children? Abraham had to answer this question on Mount Moriah, did he not? Do you love God enough to release your son or your daughter into ministry? Knowing that ministry might send them to another city. It might send them to another state. It might even send them to another country. Do you love God enough that you'll release your sons and your daughters to be called by God and be used by God? Amen. And sit around the world. Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more than your best friends? Oh, they may pull on you to leave this or that or something else that you feel you are called to and be involved in what they are involved in when you know all along it's not the will of God for you. But God says, do you love me more than these? Who do you love the most? Your friends, your cronies, your buddies? Amen. Or do you love me more? And we're faced with a dilemma. Will I offend my best friend or will I offend God? One more possibility Jesus could have pointed at the other disciples and said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these do? Do you love me more than these guys do? You see, earlier when Jesus tried to tell Peter that he was going to be betrayed, he was going to be falsely accused, he was going to be tried in a kangaroo court, he was going to be crucified, Peter emphatically declared, Lord, you can count on me. Oh, Lord, everybody else might forsake you. Everybody else may scatter, but not me, Lord, not me. I'm your right-hand man. Oh, I'm right here for you. I'll be there right along the way. Everyone else may deny you, may betray you, but not me, Lord. I'm your number one man. I'm head and shoulders above the rest. I'm the cream of the crop, Lord, Lord. Even if I have to go to prison, he said, even if I have to die with you, I'll do it. Count me in, Lord. I'm in with you. I'm your right-hand man. I'm with you every step of the way. Perhaps as a reminder of this, Jesus points to them. And ask the question, do you love me more than, more than these? More than these do? More than the average? More than the status quo? More than the others do? And how about us this morning? How about us today? How committed are we? How committed are we? Let me ask you a question this morning. It's been asked many times, but it hasn't been asked in a long, long time around here. And it's a good question. The question is, what would the church be like if everybody in the church were just like you? If everybody in the church were just like you, what would the church be like? Would there even be a church? If everybody in the church were just like you, would there even be a church? Would there only be church about twice a month? 
If everybody in the church was just like you and you come twice a month, would the church, well, we have church twice a month? Good question. If everybody in the church was just like you, could there be any programs? Could there be any ministries in the church? And if you're merely a spectator, then that means, no, couldn't have Royal Rangers, couldn't have Impact Girls, couldn't have a youth group, couldn't, couldn't have a men's group, couldn't have a ladies' event, couldn't have a worship team. If everybody in the church were just like you, could the church pay its bills? Pastor, the church has bills? Duh. If everybody in the church was just like you, would the church, would the church be filled with the Spirit or would the church be filled with strife? What would the church be like if everyone in the church were just like you and just like me? Do you love him more than these? Do you love him more than the average thing? Do you love him more than that person that just shows up about twice a month on Sunday and just expects the lights to be on and the sound equipment to work and the air conditioner or heater to be on and the worship team to be in top form and the preacher to be ready and prepared and anointed and, and you know, I'm not done, doing anything, haven't done anything, don't plan on doing anything, but man, I'm not sure when I'm coming, but when I get there, it better be good. Come on, grin at me a little bit this morning. <laughs> Notice the inquiry. Do you love me more than these? More than these what? Perhaps more than these fish. More than your career. Oh, perhaps more than these. Oh, these friends and companions and compadres of yours. Perhaps he was saying, do you love me more than these this other disciples do? You said you did. You said you love me more than this. You said everybody else will deny you, but I won't deny you. Do you really mean it? Simon, are you sure? Not only this morning do I want you to notice the inquiry, I want us also to notice the inclination. Jesus doesn't merely ask once, but three times he asks the question, do you love me? So the inclination here is, Simon, I'm not sure. I'm not totally convinced that you love me like I require love of my followers. And I think it's very interesting to notice here that Jesus uses Peter's old name. His given name by birth and by his parents was Simon. But Jesus, remember, had changed his name and given him a new name, Peter. But he's not using the new name Peter. He's using the old name Simon. On this occasion, calling him by his old name, you see, he was acting more like the old man than the new man. It's interesting to me that three times he had denied his Lord. And because he had denied his Lord three times, so three times he's asked by Jesus to affirm him and affirm his love for him. Simon, do you love me more than these? It sure doesn't seem like it, Simon, Jesus was saying. I believe Jesus was saying it didn't seem like you loved me much in the Garden of Gethsemane when I desperately was in need of a prayer partner, but you were sleeping the whole time I was praying. I prayed for three hours. 
hours and you slept for three hours. Where were you when I needed you? It didn't seem like you loved me very much when I needed somebody desperately to walk with me during my betrayal and my arrest. But where were you? You followed from afar off. You didn't even want to be seen with me. Peter, it didn't seem like you loved me very much when you cursed and you swore. I know not the man. I know not the man. Three times Jesus asked the question, do you love me? Are you sure that you love me? Do we really love him? Do we really? Would we die for him? Would we be willing to suffer ridicule for him? 